You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. I'm Dan Rather. I'm joined by Perfect Ten Charlie, our mate from England, Jethro Bullinan, and Matthew Collins. Hello, gentlemen. It's a sad day. It's a oh. sad, sad day. This just in. I don't know which source to believe, but. Emma has officially been canceled. Oh. Do you know that song, Jethro? That's the funeral march song. Is it popular in England? I couldn't hear it, but um, <laughs> I do know the song. Uh, yeah, it's sad. It's because I was driving all day yesterday, I didn't hear anything until Matt text that things were looking a little bit uh, dicey for the race. And then, yeah, it's, it's happened. They've canceled it. When I was in Italy last, I asked how to say what the fuck, and it is Kekatso. So oh, that is. Kekatso. I don't know how it's spelled. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but what the fuck? Pronto. Pronto. Ciao bello. Oh, here we go. What I will say is, I was going to pick Magnuson for P10, and he definitely would have won. So we're just going to say I won that one. You know, interestingly, he was going to be my pick. Last <laughs> year, he was ninth, I think. I watched a recap of last year's race, which was a barn burner, by the way. If you guys don't remember, it was raining then as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a real mess. Turn one, Ricardo took out signs. I think Lando and Ricardo were starting three and four. And you had an Alonzo DNF. You had Lando finishing third and all in the wet. It was so good. And it makes it that much more heartbreaking that it's not going to happen. I can't believe they didn't get it together. I mean, you can. Have you been to Italy? First, let's say Italy's one. It's the greatest place in the world. I love going to Italy. Boy, are you on fire. You got the... The zhuzh for life, the food, the people, the graffiti, the shit not working, the red cars. It's all a big swirl of wonderfulness. But but yeah, the services there, I'm not going to put them at the top of the heap mm-hmm. as far as how quickly they can deal with any kind of a... For proper road drainage, water drainage. Yeah, just really any municipal project, you're going to want to pad a little more time in than you would maybe say in Germany. Like if this was in Germany, they would have already elevated the track somehow and drained all the water with the five mile radius. Well, and in their statement too, it was more like they didn't want to put the strain on emergency personnel for the rest of the city, not necessarily even the track itself, but they didn't want to require extra people and services. They've had an awful time around there though with floods and earthquakes. There's been a couple of fatalities too, unfortunately. Oh, there have? In that town. Yeah. Yeah, from the rain. I don't know how it happened, but yeah. it it happened. I got to say, at the risk of victim shaming, I'm so regularly watching flood coverage on the news, 
And I'm just so confused how people end up in certain situations. You know, they're in a lowered fiat and they decided to cross what is clearly three feet of raging water. Or you occasionally get the two guys in a tree somewhere and you're like, yeah. how the fuck did these guys get Or on the peak of their roof. It's like you had 12 feet of water before you got to this point. And what was the plan? The river beside the track was insane. Mm -hmm. And it was moving fast. And I remember I went to Utah by myself to have like a trip while Laura was in the UK. <laughs> and I was like, all I want to do is put a lawn chair in this little lazy river beside this Airbnb, sit there with my dog all day. And I get there, I start seeing some trees going down. And the river, little stream was about 10 feet wide. Mm -hmm. And within an hour, it was 50 feet wide with massive trees going down it. And you saw some people that were casually kayaking by. And they didn't wave at me. And I was like, who are these fucking assholes not waving at me? And then it started to get worse. And I realized they were like having a panic attack oh, trying to survive. And so I can see how you maybe think a river is okay. chill, then blows up. I'm not going to gloss over the fact that you had a little window of time to do whatever you wanted. And you're like, I'm going straight to Utah with not, my dog. I, he drove there. <laughs> Eight-hour drive. <laughs> it was an eight-hour drive, and I. they told me within an hour of being there, the Airbnb girl comes over, and she's like, I think we're going to have to evacuate you. And I was like, I drove eight hours. There's only shit. There's I'm not even I sure could... why I came here. I'm not even, I don't even know why I'm in Utah. Matt kept sending me pictures from the minute he got there about this flood. <laughs> oh, wow. And so it started right when he got there, and the water was coming closer, and then it was taking over the house, oh, and he had to leave. <laughs> what area in Utah were you? Zion. Zion. Oh, okay. Well, that shit happens all the time out in Zion where people yeah. are in those caves yes. even. They're spelunking around or whatever. Well, look, this is neither here nor there, but I really implore anyone who's visiting LA during a very heavy rainstorm to post up on the LA River and just watch mm. the shit that goes by. There's like mattresses. There's- Couches. Uh, yeah, tons yeah. of couches, refrigerators. refrigerators. <laughs> yes. It virtually like a, an ABC warehouse, you guys don't have those, but you know, a fucking Best Buy yep. is yeah. just floating down the LA River. Yep. And about a quadrillion cans of spray paint too. Yeah. And you're always looking for that one gentleman who didn't wake up. You got to think that there were people sleeping on those mattresses. When I moved to LA six years ago, the first night I arrived, a car tried to do what you did mm -hmm. and completely swept away. I moved to California. I get to my apartment in Santa Barbara, and I just have this moment where I'm like, I'm a little afraid my motorcycle's on the street. I'm going to move it to behind the parking garage. I go to sleep. It's raining. I don't think much of it. I wake up. I look out my window. Swear to God, there's two dudes in a canoe paddling <laughs> down Bath Street. Like, yeah, thousand-year storm. Yeah, you think you're just moving into a safe natural disaster free area you think you're moving to eden when yeah. you go to santa barbara is what you think <laughs> yeah okay so just a real quick fill you in jethro that we had mother's day here is that a is that an english do we do that in england we do mother's day but weirdly they're um they're a separate date i don't know why that is so if i forget the uk one i've got the us one as a backup <laughs> you got a backup a contingency mother's day but I ask you because we kind of had a hack this year, which is we sent all the wives to my house and then the dads took all the kids to Eric's house and never checked in again on them. We had a good four hours where we had to put a couple band-aids on, but in general, they just were Lord of the Flies in the backyard and we played spades. We ordered barbecue. We went in the sauna. We hot tubbed. So we it was Father's Day. It was Father's, Father's Day. Day. We were yeah, like, we'll oh my take, God. We'll take two or three Mother's Days. <laughs> yeah, so we proposed like maybe doing a half dozen Mother's Days throughout <laughs> the year, looking like absolute heroes. 
while we just eat barbecue and go on the cold plunge. So, okay, a lot of stuff, despite this heartbreaking announcement, truly this is, I don't know if it's my favorite race. I don't know what my favorite race is, but it's definitely in the top three. Imola's great. It's a, it can be a shit show, no? And they've had the sprint there and Ricardo won a couple years back. And this was the first of three weekends in a row. So we were like, (sighs) coitus interruptus. Coitus interruptus. Mm. Or foreplay interruptus. I don't know. It's a big turnaround. Big turnaround. I thought tomorrow we Uh, were going to start percolating and then just ride hard for for three weeks. weeks. Yeah, Yeah, I never look back. And we got this Mother's Day in the bank. So everyone's. Kill our down week. Yep. I even said no to a big job on Sunday just so I could watch the race. Oh, oh. Yeah, sacrifices were made. Sacrifices were made. <sighs> oh, man. Can we watch your race on Sunday? Like, is that possible? Maybe we just need to tune in to Jethro? I don't know. In the States, it's on, it streams live on YouTube in Europe, Tree. So, yeah, you might be able to watch it in the U.S. You've probably got a VPN. Okay, well, so tell me about your race, Jethro. Since you're the only race action we got now, <laughs> why don't you tell us about your... <laughs> the Nürburgring 24-hour race. It's pretty much the craziest race there is. It takes in the old Nordschleife racetrack, and it adds, in addition to that, the new Grand Prix circuit, where they hold Formula 1 races. So you've got like a 15.8-mile circuit. There are... I don't... I haven't seen the entry list this year, but there's between like 160 and 210 cars. Out on track at the same time. Yeah, because it's like 15 miles. So the morning commute in Skokie, Illinois, basically. It's like warfare. It's the greatest thing. And the the top class are GT3 cars, so 911 GT3Rs and Mercedes. There's no prototypes or anything. No prototypes, but I think... These things are so fast around here. Um, it's incredible. So the, the GT3s are absolutely awesome. I'm in the GT4 class. There are lots and lots of different cars. But there's everything basically from a Honda Civic Type R type level of performance, so a little hatchback, up to full factory race cars. And it's nuts. And there's 250,000 at least crazy fans here camping all over the woods. It's a festival. It's like the wildest ah. festival in the woods and techno music and all sorts of weirdness. A lot of German weirdness. What's your driving shift schedule look like? So there's two qualifying sessions tomorrow. Then there's a night session tomorrow night. Then there's their final sort of qualifying that we will do is Friday at 1.30. Um, and then the race starts Saturday at 4 p.m local time is a gt4 the cayman mine is a bmw m4 gt4 so gt4 is the category of cars oh oh, 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 oh. it will race against cayman gt4s um and stuff like that there's mercs as well so it's a big really competitive class and i'm part of a proper factory team who are taking it extremely seriously oh my it's a worry how 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 i mean look you're good but you're about as good as me (laughs) which is not that great (laughs) (laughs) it's mad i turned up today they've got like four or five transporters um all factory bmw you go in them there's like 50 screens oh my there's engineers looking at all of our throttle traces and steering angle and you know all that stuff comparing it to their top gt3 factory drivers and telling us where we can make time and it's proper yeah how's that experience I mean, you come off the track and you kind of feel like you've been killing it and then they show you these graphs like how is it on the ego when they tell you like well you're about 40 percent slower and turn 22 yeah and they're and they're so german about it so they don't <laughs> there's no like there's no sugar coating it there's just no bedside you. manner no no where do you expect to land like what's the goal place-wise 
I mean, I don't know. The Germans want us to win the class. It feels it feels a big swing to win the class. What are the odds of a surprise visit by Toto Wolf filling in for a sick driver now that he's got a free weekend on his hands? Funnily enough, Toto used to race around here. So you never know. Maybe he'll turn up. He's not that far away. But yeah, I, I would encourage anyone listening to tune in on YouTube, even if you just watch for 10 minutes, because it's so unlike F1. Like the track, it's so dangerous. Track limits means you've crashed. It's a different world. It's the Wild West, and it's it's the best. Back to Charlie's question, do you know your schedule, or is that kind of a fluid situation? I'm not starting the race. So we, one of the guys in the car is BMW's main test driver. And we do single stints to start with. So that's eight laps, about just under an hour, probably. How many guys on the team? How many drivers? Four. Four. And are you able to take the nap? That's the part for me as an mm. insomniac that scares the shit out of me. I feel like I just have to stay awake the full 24. There's no way. Yeah. Well, the problem is it starts at 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're already fucked. Even if you're lazy, you've been up for six hours, yeah. <laughs> I will sleep, but in the past, it's varied. Sometimes I've hardly slept at all, and then other times I've had like four or five hours straight in the night. So I'll see how it goes, I think. Do you think the team would be open to you mounting your iPad on the dash and getting some recording equipment in there and just checking in with the team in that night stint? You're going to get bored probably hour yeah. 30. Maybe we could do a little real-time live podcast from behind the wheel. I think boredom is going to be the least of my worries, to be honest. Well, let's get into the big headlines of gossip from the week since Miami. It seems like one is the hottest button topic. And I look to you, Matt, to see if you agree, as you're the one who gathers all mm -hmm. these tasty bits. But this Nick DeVries situation is probably yeah. the most exciting thing in F1. Would we all agree? Yeah. It started to go crazy because we shared the post of like, Ricardo's in, he's got three weeks to go. And like that was change. Like Helmut Marco stepped in on that one, I think. And he was like, first of all, if someone replaces him, it's not Danny. There's two other drivers ahead of him. Oh, he said that. Yeah. yeah he and said he's going to their rookie. The rookie drivers. Why? Well, because a lot of people were like, well, why would he even want to go to AlphaTauri? Like if he's coming in, he wants to go to a more competitive team. But yeah, if he said, I don't want to drive for them, that would make a mm -hmm. lot of sense to me. But I really don't understand why Helmet would not want yeah. a superstar driving the car that'll certainly start better than the two rookies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year he started in fourth. What are they? What is he talking about? Yuki's proven they've got some performance in that car. Yes. You know, so they could have two top 10 drivers every mm -hmm. week. Yes, and Yuki's a great benchmark. I mean, we'd find out real quickly how competitive ricardo still is yeah, yeah. he's, he's a very incredible. solid benchmark yeah yeah consistent we'd really know i think yuki needs a benchmark too though doesn't he because last year he was not quite up there with gasly gasly's gone and now he's ahead of de Vries and everyone thinks he's made a step and everyone says he's made a step and he looks great but it would be nice to have someone who's a known quantity in the car with him to see if he's made a big step or yeah if, you know maybe the car we don't know because DeVries has not got that performance at the moment. Yeah, and am I right that Helmet said he has three races when yeah. one just went away? So he's down. Mm -hmm. He's now down to two races. Yeah. Well, I love it too because it was three in a row. So he's like, "We got three weeks. You figure your shit out. You got three weeks, three races in a row." By Spain, we'll know, right? We'll know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's sitting at home going like, "My lord, oh. now I have two races to prove I'm dominant." <laughs> Jeez, Louise! <laughs> it's got to be terrifying. You reap what you sow. He, yeah. talked, he talked a big game. 
couldn't back it up, and then, you know, that's what happens. On Jethro's behalf, if I were you, I'd be grateful that this Nürburgring race isn't in four weeks because you might be displaced by DeVries. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go somewhere. <laughs> He's done so much and done so well in the past, so it's, yeah. it's a strange one. But now, I mean, talking about not sugarcoating it, Helmut Marco is... <laughs> the least tactful man in the world, isn't mm -hmm. he? So, unfortunately, if you don't perform, you're out so quick. I'd love to see Ricardo get back in the car. Yeah. I think everyone would. Yeah, yeah. There's it's... another rookie at risk, too. Who? Oh, Logan. Logan Sargent, and apparently Toto Wolf is really pushing for Mick Schumacher to have that spot. So he was told if he doesn't improve by Canada, then Mick's going to take a spot. Well, hold on, though. Let's just refresh my memory. Toto owns what percentage of Williams? Like 20% or something, 30? Is he really that in charge of Williams to make that call? I don't know if he's in charge, but he's pushing the narrative. Mm. You know, that's just Toto's opinion is that Mick should have that spot. If you saw how he drove, you know, the previous two seasons where he finished uh, consistently behind his teammate, it doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't be driving still in Formula <laughs> 1. Definitely ahead of Logan, you know, who we don't even know yet what kind of driver is. But we already know Mick is a back driver. So, you know, go with something you know, which is you know you're go he's going to finish behind his teammate. But this Logan Saga, we don't even know he might be great. Then what? There's that's a, a weird, that's a weird that's swap a weird out. Weird Logan, swap out. Logan. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, not, that's not even a push. That's, you might that's... appreciate this one and maybe dislike Logan more. He was getting interviewed and there was this moment they were asking him just like, what are your top 10 things you need in life and you can't live without? And the, I think the final one was he said his Eminem CD and then proceeds to rap the song uh -oh. and gets it. He says it's his favorite thing that he can't get out and completely butchers the lyrics. It's not great, but boy, can I see myself making that same mistake. I Look, I'm still, I'm in the Logan Sergeant business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ignore this whole Eminem yeah. thing. Uh, look, I have a hard time hearing lyrics myself. I'm with the kids all the time, and I'm trying yeah. to show them that this is a classic and we love it. And then midway through, I'm totally butchering the lyrics. Yeah. They know, and I know. And it's embarrassing. <laughs> same, yeah. I can say with... Total conviction. My favorite song ever written is Naive Melody by Talking Heads. Home, home is where I want to. Yeah. I don't know. I've listened to that song upwards of 10,000 times. I don't know any of the lyrics. I can't hear the lyrics. Yeah. I just like that melody that's happening. Okay, what other gossip do we got? Okay, well, actually, one of my favorite ones of this week as we're talking about Imola is there is a famous Imola cat. Oh, wow. So the cat's you name... You dug deep for this one. The cat came around in 2021, but the cat's name is Formulino, and it goes all around the track. And there was a whole thing of, like, luck. Like, if this cat ends up in your paddock and starts to kind of, like, befriend you, <clears throat> there's luck. But the cat has an official paddock pass, and his official title is Cat. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. For all the cat lovers out there, I think that was an amazing story. Laura melted. It was a really good moment. I do need to flag the fact that this is only episode 11 or 12 of this show, and this is your third cat story. So, you're <laughs> yeah. you're up in the 25% of the episodes involving cats. Yeah. It and is a Formula One podcast. 
I mean, keep bringing them. Cats and bathroom breaks. I just want to flag it and keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of more. I did hear that the cat last year got two more interviews than Dax and Charlie did <laughs> at the Miami <laughs> GP. <laughs> that's, that's why yeah, I heard got the that cat, permanent pass. The, yeah. I heard the cat got seven exchanges with Total Wolf instead of three. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's incredible. But the cat didn't look nearly as jacked as Charlie, so fuck that cat. Fuck that cat. To be honest, it's a thick cat. If you look at the pictures, it's, it's a beefy cat. It's good. Well, everyone's luring it into their paddock. Oh, yeah. What if we had to update Matt that the cat has, in fact, perished in the flood? I, a real-time breakdown. Well, I checked the cat has its own Instagram account. Oh, Jesus and I did some research. Oh, my God. I went down the oh rabbit hole. The cat's still posting? So Man, yeah. still, would your dream sponsor for this show be Fancy Feast Presents F1 with DRS? 100%. <laughs> 100%. Well, last week I was in New York for a global launch of a new Dyson product. And I got to sit. <laughs> okay, hold on. We got we're cats get and now we're getting Dyson. So right, I got go. to sit down with Sir James Dyson himself and okay. I got to interview James. So I asked him about his friends. And so he has been good friends for a long time with Sir Jackie Stewart. What's interesting is his cousin is another Sir, Sir Patrick Michael Head. Me and Patrick had a great friend. He was the uh, yeah. co-CEO of uh, Williams, basically. So, he was yeah. the technical director of Williams. He was the and co-founder and former engineering director of Williams Formula One team when they were in their prime. Yeah, for those who don't know, Williams were, it's hard to believe now in some ways, but were a massively successful and dominant team, which once again uh-huh. co- coincided with Adrian Ewing being yeah, there. So exactly. go figure, basically. And the founder and the boss, what's his name? Frank Williams. And so he was a beast of a driver himself. No, he that's how he ended up in a wheelchair, no? From racing? He was a driver, but I think his um he was paralyzed in a road car crash, I believe. Out in the real world, not on a track. Yeah, I don't know the full history, but yeah, he was he was paralyzed in a road car crash, I believe. So he wasn't that good of a driver. Well, you know, everyone's <laughs> bound to go off Crap. occasionally. I got to tell this story. The first off-road race I did was a night race in the desert, 200 miles. I had never driven this race car I bought. And in off-road, it goes, you know, trophy truck, then class one. So class one's like, it's even bigger than Formula Two, right? It's like class one wins Baja sometimes over the trophy trucks. And that's what I'm driving. So I'm in over my head. I've got no business doing it. I pull up to the safety check to get all my gear signed off on before the race. And the gentleman doing the safety check, he has two hooks for hands and he has melted previously to this. And he does tell me during the safety check, yeah, I picked up this stuff in a race eight years ago out here. God. And I was like, oh my God, are you the best person to be the last person people see before you <laughs> enter this race i it i thought what if, i gotta not do this maybe that's why i didn't even I mean, consider this maybe it's strategic <laughs> that they're like hey drive safe last checkpoint <laughs> i i guarantee Careful. that that was the 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 talk upstairs was like let's let people know how serious this is yeah let's get doug doing the safety checks stay tuned for more f1 with drs this episode is brought to you by hotels.com I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. 
It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Did you hear that Toto Wolf is going to be a guest lecturer at Harvard next year? Well, He's already done it, correct? Because I've yeah. seen yeah. footage of him and he looks he's back. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's back. He's back. And he's back. what's interesting is there was a Harvard professor that was following him around in the 2021 season. And she came out with six keys to success based on Toto's managing skills. Oh, my God. So I got them here. Number one, set the highest standards for everyone. Mm. Number two, put people front and center. Number three, Analyze mistakes continually, even while winning. Mm. Number four, foster an open, no-blame culture. Number five, trust superstars but maintain authority. And I think he really does a good job at that. I mean, he's a, a superstar in his own right. He's, yeah, he's, he's managing his authority. They all live in his shadow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then six, relentlessly battle complacency. Seems a bit weirder to listen to it this year because it's like, you know, I was going to say this course has a different <laughs> different, a different meaning a couple of years ago than in 2024. It's interesting that a course title is Mercedes F1 leading a high-performance team. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the course. Yeah. And so it's interesting that it's a Formula One class for first and second year MBA students at Harvard. Mm-hmm. But I'd take it. Oh. Maybe we, that's the pitch. Maybe we should all go be able to take this audit audit the course we can all say we attended harvard do we have a shot at that i don't know we got on the grid maybe we could pull some strings could just show up and walk in for a couple weeks yeah i can't wait to see how we'd fuck that up (laughs) it's like right there we could just hit record something would go wrong i want to point out in my continued fanboyness for max verstappen i did read something that i liked about max a couple things one is this weird stat popped up i saw that of max's 168 career starts he has only finished outside of the top 10 five times i don't even know that i believe this stat of 168 races he's only finished outside of the top 10 five i remember times. he got flat tire on the last lap on one engine failure well i don't think that dnfs count right? okay so do not finish these are what races he finished. Is that Formula One races or his whole racing career? No, it's 168 Formula One starts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really impressive. And then the other thing I heard is that he is installing a simulator in his motorhome, mm, his Formula One motorhome, so that he can leave the track and get right in the sim. And can, he said yeah. that would be the goal is that he'd finish the race and then get in the sim. And, and, and race the rest of the night on the sim. I love that. And, you know, for anyone who's not been in a motorhome, 
there's no room for a, a sim. Like the motorhome now will officially just be a shell sim. around the sim. It's not like there's a ton of square footage in there for a sim. I don't even know how they'll bring the pop-outs in with the sim <laughs> in there. I don't know if it was this weekend or recently, his girlfriend was going to a friend's wedding and he was supposed to go to it. Okay. But in their sim racing team, their league. one of yeah, their league, one of his friends had to study for an exam, I guess. <laughs> so he chose to not go to the wedding to do this 24-hour sim race. Oh. And it's like it's just elevating and it shows like you don't see all the other racers doing this. It seems to be his kind of key to success. You always say you don't want to sim, but I want to put something out there. Like, what would be the number of likes on an Instagram post where you would start to sim? Where I would spend $100,000. Yes. Maybe not $100,000. <laughs> and then we can all get sims. And when we're not on this podcast, we can all hang out at night and sim race and be 24-hour racing teams together. And Jethro cannot show up to the real race yes. because his, his sim league needs him because his friend is studying. I really want to start 24-hour sim racing with you guys. Never go to a wedding again. Never see any friends. <laughs> just just sim race. Yeah, Max kids. sounds like quite quite the guy to spend a weekend with. <laughs> oh, what a guy. But it's pretty amazing. And all you these can imagine <laughs> inviting him to your bachelor party and yeah. he just never left the room because he... And he's checking in. He's got the hotel cart with like f three different health hotel carts with his... His sim all broke up to pieces. Uh -huh. <laughs> and everyone makes fun of him and calls him like the T-Rex typer because when he goes and types, he just uses the first two index fingers. <laughs> well, listen, I got to admit, like he violates my previously held opinion, which is like winning isn't that important for me. I'd rather be Shaquille O'Neal and have three rings and a lot of friends and have had a lot of fun than to have seven rings and no one likes you. Yet, I find myself obsessed with Max, who's clearly the michael jordan slash kobe variety of there's nothing else in life mm -hmm. other than racing and i would hate it for myself but i i don't know why i get a real kick out of the fact that this dude when not in an actual formula one car is in a computer formula one car and that's all he wants to do i think i differ i think i would go the yeah you're you're that way though yeah you wanna you you want to be victorious yeah I just, whatever the amount of victory gets you, like a lot of attention and girls waving at you, I want that amount. And I don't need to go further than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need, you need, you need that. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be worth everyone hating you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Almost preferred for you. Preferred. It'll yeah. come back around later when you retire. And Time to be nice. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a real pleasant retirement to be around Max. <laughs> Racing's not in his life and he hasn't. He hasn't nurtured a single other hobby or interest. Or a relationship. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, his entire world is going to just leave him in eight years. Whoa. Maybe that's what we're, all this angst that we see in Yost, maybe it's that. It's like he had it, and then he's relegated to breaking guys' skulls out at go-kart tracks because he's not in the big show anymore. Yeah, that definitely has something to do with it. That could be your future with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about likes for me getting the sim, but if you can get the Mexican Grand Prix to get a local cat with its own <laughs> paddock pass, if that happens, I'll get a sim. Okay, I'm going to okay. go down this There's road. like a Mexican cat. Okay. All right. We're going to go out. We're going to try to find a Mexican cat, and maybe someone there at the race can bring their cat to the race, and we're going to make this happen. All right, wonderful. Then, then sign me up. <laughs> 
Um, it was interesting. I saw an interview with Esteban, and he was asked if there was one rule change in F1, what would it be? And coincidentally enough, he said, all cars equal. But then people were just laughing and be like, so you just want it to be IndyCar. Right, go join IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's going to be his next move. But Again, uh, no disrespect to Alcon because he's he's obviously a quadrillion times the driver I'll ever be, but that would not suit him well. Alcon's strategy should be to get on a winning team where his he's not a top eight driver. So what the mm-hmm. fuck does he want it all equal for? So he'll never have a chance? Then no, everyone's silent. Jethro, what do you think? They all have the dream, don't they? They all believe. If you're a Formula One driver, you have to believe you're the man. And if, if you get in a good car, uh-huh. you're going to win. And Ocon, I guess he's come up through karting and lower formula where he's been really successful. And he probably thinks he's he's right up there with Max. And he's just not had an opportunity to shine. So equal cars sounds good. But there's no such thing as equal cars. You know, there's different teams running the cars. Some figure out how to make the tires work better than others. So it would be lovely for it to be a bit more equal, but that's the way Formula 1 goes. It's in cycles. There's always one or two teams ahead. The problem is maybe the budget cap, which ironically was designed to even things up, once someone gets a gap, it's a lot harder for everyone else to close it because of the budget cap. So in effect, it's not allowing Mm. that closeness that it was designed to promote because Red Bull's got a baked-in advantage and now no one can spend their way up to their level. Wow, that's an interesting take on it that I hadn't thought of, that once the gap's there, you're stuck with it. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. And it will change because, you know, there's these wind tunnel rules and you get less time depending on how far up the order you are. So Red Bull will have significantly less time. than. And they already had the penalty of... But it doesn't look like they need a ton of wind tunnel time, to be honest. No, that's the thing. I I do think that baked-in advantage could be a problem. And... uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how it shakes out over time. Aston Martin have got a chance. This was meant to be Merck's big weekend. They've got their big yeah. upgrade. So we've been denied whether that's going to close up or not. God, I wish they would just find a neighborhood or something to go yeah. spin them around 58 laps. Yeah. There's plenty of tracks in Italy. Yeah. And then will they, is there already murmuring, will they add a race? No. Will, it, no. They no. Said that it probably, with the schedule this year, they won't be able to get it. So it's just canceled. Yeah. So we've lost China and Italy this year. So yeah, it's it's going back down towards a more normal level of races, I guess. So now we'll be 22 races. Yeah, this was going to be 23. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Heartbreaking. Okay. Any rules that we've been neglecting, Charlie? Mm. Have you been circling any? It's fine if not. We had a question, just a, a basic question, but I don't think we've addressed it directly. But the difference in the constructors' championship and the drivers' championship. Mm. Okay, great. I put the point breakdown for where we finish in a race. But the constructors' cup is awarded to the team that finishes with the highest point total. And within each team, obviously, there's two drivers. So those drivers are competing individually for the drivers' championship. And so each driver on a team, so Red Bull, for example, They have Max's points plus Perez's points go towards the Red Bull team in the Constructors' Cup. And for points in the races, first place gets you 25. Then we jump down to 18, 15, 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, and 1. Those are the top 10. So you can see at the top there's a big gap. So there's 25 points for first and 18 for second. So that's why that gap can go pretty quickly at the top, especially for Max. He's finishing in first. He's getting an extra seven points every week and there's also one point for fastest lap which is why you see some interesting strategies at the end to get that last fresh set of tires on at the end get that extra point for fastest lap and so that's the difference 
for the teams, the Constructors' Cup is important because they get paid out by Formula One based on where they finish. Yeah, like two years ago, I imagine, right, Mercedes won the Constructors' Cup, but Max won the Drivers' Championship. Mm -hmm. So Mercedes ends up still with all the money from that season. Mm -hmm. Do I have that right? Yeah, they they won that year. Yeah, Formula One pays the teams, and the teams issue bonuses for drivers depending on if they win or how they finish. So that's specific to the team and whatever they've negotiated in the contract. But the money goes to the teams based on the constructor's cut. They award all their staff as well. So I yeah. knew a guy who used to work at Red Bull, and when they won the title, they'd get a £10,000 bonus, which is like you yeah. know 14000 bucks or something. So for the entire workforce, it can make a big, big difference. Yeah. And it shows how that level of focus is dialed into everyone, not just the drivers. Like everyone benefits in the team if they get further up constructors' championship. And when you win the Constructors' Championship, you get a prize money that's really significant. I remember hearing that even when um, McLaren was fighting for fourth two seasons ago, that was going to be tens of millions of dollars from the FIA, even between third and fourth in the Constructors'. Well, they said the last year the prize pool was near a billion dollars. And at the top, you get 14%. And oh. the bottom, you get six. So... There is some variance in there, but they're all getting paid. But yeah, 1% towards the bottom yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, $140 million versus $60 million. Yep. Yeah. So, But then you also, isn't another perk of Constructors Championship, you get pit position in the paddock, right? So you're, you're the first in on the pit. Yeah. So how does that work, Jethro, if the driver, like let's say two seasons ago, Mercedes wins the Constructors Championship, Max wins the Drivers Championship, but that next year, Mercedes gets that first slot in pit row, yeah? I think that's how it still works, yeah. I mean, it's not rare that that happens, but they're always going to be the top two teams normally, so it's not like a huge switch around in the pits. Um, it's funny, no one really cares about the Constructors' Championship um, except the teams. They talk about it, no one really cares. It's a big deal from a prize money point of view, but from a spectator point of view, no one remembers who was yeah. Constructors' Championship in, you know, 1987, but they might remember who was world champion, you know? Well, there's so much more people are you have their favorite drivers versus their favorite teams, for sure. No one's just rooting for Red Bull or rooting for Mercedes. It's very driver-specific, so... Unless you're Italian, then it's just Ferrari. Then it's just Ferrari. Ferrari's got... Sure. Yeah, Ferrari might be the one team that people mm-hmm. feel... Yeah as passionate as they do about an individual driver. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll jump ship on Red Bull in two seconds if Max goes somewhere else. <laughs> and usually, I'm, kind of, I'm a very fair weather And usually you're, you're kind of against their teammate. If you're a Max yeah. fan, you're kind of rooting against Perez to some extent. If you're, a, mm, yeah. you know. I mean, Max is so good, I get to also root for Perez, which yeah. is a luxury when you're a yeah. Max fan. Unlike if you're a Lewis fan, you gotta hate George Russell. You got no choice, because yep. George is gonna. He's a threat. Yeah. He's destroying him currently, so yeah. You, but I have the luxury, you know, the freedom to root for everyone involved. Well, you can have a second driver now. You're, yeah, you're good. I, I, yeah. I, I'm just like Christian Horner. I'm like, go get those points, Perez. And there's no threat to my hero. I saw another little bit of gossip. They're interviewing Lando and Zach Brown about how they feel about Piastri this year. And a couple little subtle digs on Danny. Oh. Um, just kind of that they're very happy. They're happy that they can finally feel pushed. And they're getting oh some consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing outright. You know, they said it was similar to having Danny there, but it's nice to be pushed now and, and have that performance in the second car. You know, based on the results, I don't know that that's, <laughs> that's the case. But um, 
Yeah, I don't think the numbers suggest mm, that. No. And Lando's the one who keeps saying he feels very pushed by Piastri. He's not afraid now to be. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned it, but comfortable for him now, I yeah. think. Yeah, I would just love to see a lineup of the first five races. I don't think that claim holds no. any water. No, and they're just doubling down on that choice, and that, yeah. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they feel like they're at a different stage. Ricardo looked perplexed, didn't he? I mean, you could watch Drive to Survive, and he was in his head about it. He didn't understand what was happening, why he wasn't able to get the best out of the car. And I, I guess Piastri... They think he's on the start of that learning curve, so he's going in a different direction. But yeah, the, the maths doesn't really add up at the moment, but maybe the trend points towards yeah. it. Yeah, well, time will tell. We won't find out anything this weekend, unfortunately, as we all... Yeah, uh, no. We're just going to... As we all mourn, yes. I don't even know what to do now this week. Should we go go-karting? I just want to yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. Now I want to go to, I want to, go to sleep on sleep. Friday and then wake up next Thursday uh, for the next race. What's the next race? Monaco. Uh, Monaco. 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 Yeah. Oh, boy. Everyone's going to be very rested for Monaco. Yeah. Which isn't my favorite. No. No. It's not so, a great race to watch. It's pretty. Really pretty. It's all about that qualifying. That's it. Qualifying is the best. And those yeah, I, I think they need to change the format for Monaco. I think it's the greatest qualifying session of the year, but the race generally is a bit of a snooze fest, yeah. isn't it? There must be a way to mix things up. They're doing sprint races. Maybe they could change something at Monaco just to yeah. spice it up or something. It feels like it should just be loads of qualifying sessions because it's really cool and people crash and stuff. When the race gets going, there's not much to it. Yeah. Mm hmm I found an interesting tidbit of information this week because I didn't know this. How does F1 determine lap numbers? Like how many laps are in each race? Well, the total distance of every race is 305 kilometers. Yeah, I thought it was 300 miles, but maybe that was too long. But yeah, 300 sounds about right to yeah. me. But then they have rules if there are yellow flags and safety cars and races being stopped. It can't exceed a certain oh. amount of time. We've seen that. We Didn't we? Yep. We saw that last season. Yep. Another th fun thing to remember about Monaco is it's the only race on the calendar where the local government insists on producing the content. So ah, everywhere yes. else, the in-house FIA production company films the race and broadcasts the race. But Monaco insists that it's their local team that does it. So maybe we could start doing TV production in Monaco. Mm. Well, listen, last year, if you recall, I don't know if you forgot, but you and I in particular, we were calling each other because the, the telecast was a fucking disaster. It was a huge, huge mess. Everything was pixelated. Practice one was a disaster. They started ironing out some kinks in practice two, then fucked up P3. And you're like, oh my God, they might blow the telecast yeah. of this race. And it's like a big sticky point between the FIA and Monaco. Well, they've got to protect all those poor people of Monaco, you know? They've yeah. got to give those workers the rights. Well, if four people are out of a job, that'll bump up unemployment <laughs> four whole percent. So they <laughs> got to make sure that the 200 real residents of that place... Because to be monogast, we just learned, both parents have to be monogast. Like, they don't fuck around with that title. Yeah. You'd be more like, you could, there's probably more sirs in England or knights <laughs> than there are monogast. <laughs> you just love saying that word. Yeah. Well, now that I know it, it took me 10 episodes to learn how to pronounce it. I will say now <laughs> that I'm comfortable knowing what it is, I feel good saying it. I would yeah. never just throw up monogast. I'm going to say it wrong every time. I was real along. judgmental of the commentators for saying it so often, but now that I can say it myself, I'm experiencing <laughs> the pleasure. Mm -hmm. you, I feel so smart when I say I it. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, did you guys not? Did I tell you about the time I went to Vegas with a couple of my Monogas bros? Uh, these fucking Monogas bros are wild. <laughs> Dax, I want to utilize your Italian accent as we're kind of talking about that. <laughs> You're so first person if, ever requested thing. I know. So if you didn't know, this yeah, year so they changed they changed the name of the Grand Prix in Imola. And it's a very long sentence, so there are a lot of people challenging to say it all at once. I'm going to pass you this sheet of paper. C, C, C. It's the first line. You yeah. can't look at it long. You just immediately have to go through it and see if you can get it Okay. Read. First, I have to first say line, a couple yeah, of the words it. that to get me into my accent. The Ducati. I drive a red Ducati. Oh, okay, now I'm ready to read line. it. First line. The Grand Primo del Medi in Italian Adelo Emilio Romagana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I do. I think, Read the real thing now. Okay. See how it lines the, up. The Grand Premio yeah. del Made in Italy, mm. E del Emilia <laughs> Romango. That, I did that with no accent, just trying to <laughs> get you to know what it is. They think the name of the race should now be a fucking sonnet. <laughs> what What on earth are they thinking? I don't know. They I just, love the Italians. They're ever. so good. Leclerc should... Turn that into a song. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Really? <laughs> yes. An incredible. Song. How would it sound? Is it maybe sing us a little? <laughs> oh, okay. Sing us a little something, Dax. Oh, that's funny. La grande primeo del made in Italia, Emilia Romagna. <laughs> that's the number one hit. So right that's. There. I'm gonna. I donate that lyric to Charles Leclerc, my Monegasque bro. Uh, <laughs> He can use that now yeah. as the as the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics and are let it done. rip on that piano. Tickle the ivory, Charles. Well, look, this is a it's a disastrous week. Mm. Um, I think we have somehow tilted the scales on F one since we've decided to get involved officially. Mm. It's been a bit of a disaster of a season. Yeah. You know, and I think our involvement's part of it. So we're too excited. Yeah, we're that's, too eager. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want it too much. We're desperate. Well, also we've heard that Danny might have insight on Toto's dance moves. Now there was an F1 royal wedding this past weekend. What? So Lance Stroll's sister okay. married Scotty James, the snowboarder, who's Danny's best friend. Wow, and it was wow, in wow. Venice, and all everyone was there. So there was it was a of, who's who. Yeah, there was Toto in a tuxedo oh. in a boat. There was also Toto, a picture of him in a Canadian tuxedo the day before. Maybe denim just on denim? Honor, denim, full denim on denim. He looked so good. I was oh, so proud. man. And then there was a picture of all like the, the groomsmen and Danny was there and Lance was there. And like there were comments of people would be like, it looks like they've never met each other. <laughs> like there were photos. It's like, do they know each other? But it's also only... 20 will include some old 30 drivers. You can throw an extra 30 people in your wedding. Whether or not you know them, let's just invite the, the 30 relevant drivers. Who cares? And I don't want to presume to know much about the Stroll family, but my hunch is that Lawrence made all the decisions. Yeah. yeah. He's, the gonna, dad. he's the one for using He's the one running his Instagram account. Well, I don't know about that, but I think the invite, I, I bet this was more a party for Lawrence Stroll. Yes. I don't think Lance needed Toto at his wedding. <laughs> no. In fact, Lance... Well, it was his if, sister's wedding. Well, if well, I, yeah. sister, yeah. If I'm Lance Stroll, and by the way, Lance is doing a great job this year. Really, I'm starting to root for him. Mm -hmm. With all that said, if I'm Lance Stroll, I want to go to my sister's wedding, and I want to be the only Formula One driver there because I'll be the best Formula One yeah. driver at the wedding if I'm the only one there. <laughs> but I take this family function where I should be hot dog, top shit, I'm in Formula One, and now there's 17 other drivers there that 
<laughs> more famous than fuck that. How did that happen? That's yeah. a debacle. And it seemed like only Toto, the the only other team principal there was yeah, Toto. If you invite like, me think- to your wedding, Matt, like I thank God you didn't invite uh, fucking uh, Vince Vaughn and yeah. uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> And Owen Wilson, every other comedian much better than me and much more famous than me. You let me be the big dog there, and I appreciate it. You had Timberlake there. That wasn't great. So I guess my condolences to Lance that he had to share that special day, his sister's special day with Toto and Danny there. Oh, Also, does his dad want to share it with Toto? That's the last person I'd want to share, you know? Well, I think that's his dad going like, this is how confident I am. Yeah. I'll invite. But I did hear Toto walk the daughter down the aisle. (laughs) <laughs> that was, but that was her pick what would he have whispered to her how does your brother feel about daniel ricardo being here i would be very intimidated i shouldn't even be here let's go all right well listen guys we tried to make lemonade out of lemons we did what we could you know hopefully <laughs> next week we'll be back to talk about a real race that will actually come to fruition you yeah. know the monogasks can pay for good weather oh yeah the monogasks have figured out their own weather pattern yeah. so we we shouldn't have to deal with that it's a sad day to learn of this but um we'll carry on we'll push on and we will be back next week and monica will be ahead of us and maybe charles leclerc the monocast hero will get lucky and quality and we'll have some exciting news to bring to you. But until then, I encourage everyone to push, 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 push.